Monday, August 7, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson, and I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Trump is still rising. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that really hate President Trump. Oh, boy. There are so many people. You know what? One of the things that, that gets me is the fact that when President Trump was president, there were people that would complain about his personality. He's a jerk. He's an oaf. He's brutish. He speaks like a third grader. He's not a moral man. <clears throat> but yet they wouldn't complain about the state of the country. There was really no complaining about America. It was just really complaints about Trump's personality. Which brings up the idea of if you could have a strong, secure, prosperous country, do you care that you have a leader that is brutish, speaks like a third grader? Now, I've been clear about my position about Trump, and if not, please let me restate it. He's not Jesus. I'm not a cult follower. I'm not on tribe Trump. I'm on team Trump, and I'll, I'll vote for him. I'll support him. Amen. He's the best president in my lifetime. He ain't Jesus. And so I'm not going to follow him or think of him or speak of him like he is. I do believe that God is using him, but God uses all of his people. He uses all people. But there's some people who really hate President Trump. <laughs> they really hate President Trump. And it's these people that there it's these people that as this presidential campaign is unfolding, the GOP side you can really tell people who have long-term Trump derangement syndrome, whereby they would have been on Trump's side at 2020. And now that there's other choices, DeSantis and Chris Christie, you know, the, the people that really support Chris Christie. Now that there's other choices than the GOP race, there's people that are like at the drop of a hat, it's unpredictable. You never know when it's happened, but people that have otherwise had level heads they just they just snap at like the most basic simple things i saw this video over the weekend and i just think it's funny i've probably watched this at least 10 times because <laughs> i think it's it's one of the funniest things that i've seen in a long time we'll set this off and then we'll start talking about trump's indictment and all these other politicians um that are going on. So let's let's play this video. And I, I didn't load them in, so I'm gonna. There's gonna be a little bit of a delay if you're on um, the audio. But here we go. This is a Trump's video. Watch this. Working, right? Has anybody ever tried? Seriously, the news source made out of paper, right? It disintegrates as you're drinking. If you have a nice tie like this tie, this would have no chance. By the time you get finished, the straw is totally disintegrated. Does anybody walk around with a plastic straw? Because it's not bad. You know, you whip it out, boom, boom. You never had to do that. So they want to ban straws. They said, oh, really? What about the cart? What about the plate? What about the knives and the spoons that are plastic? Oh, they're okay. But the straws we got to ban. <laughs> I think this is... <laughs> it's just funny. Because uh, that's that's like a that's like a Seinfeld stand-up routine. That's what you would see. But there's people that really hate this guy. There's people that hate America, and so they hate Trump. They would have liked Trump, but because they hate America, and now Trump seems to be the you know the politician that's standing up for the people and the country, they gotta hate him too. 
So we can we can cover that kind of stuff. But this is uh, Trump's lawyer speaking about this indictment and how it is an infringement on his free speech. Watch this. Serious debate in this country about politics. What we don't do is criminalize political speech. This indictment is a game changer. It's the first time that we've taken political speech and said we're going to criminalize it by the party that's in control against the party that's contesting the next election where the two individuals involved are going to be running for office. That is an incredible set of circumstances. Yeah, it is. Couple different things. You notice how there's now more media than just Fox News? It's, it's no longer just the three basic channels and then whatever cable television. I have no idea what channel that was on. I have no idea who that lady was. It's just showing the proliferation of media and the, the, the emerging media landscape. Which is also, I think, the subtext of why there's so much visceral, emotion-compelling narratives going on. We're going to talk about racism here, uh, you know, in the you know later on in the program, Lord willing, and we're going to be talking about um, you know the the sexual perversion of children. I believe that these ideas are manifestly happening because the godless commies that used to have control of the media landscape no longer have control of the media landscape. So there was an acceleration of society destroying ideas, perversion of kids, open borders, fiat currency, as well as going after President Trump, the weaponization of the DOJ. So there seems to be the losing of the control by the godless commies that used to have everything kind of uniparty together. And even though that I still believe that there's a uniparty, even though I still believe the godless commies are in control, the fact that you've got President Trump's lawyer on other programs with other people shows the democratization of what's going in through people's eyes and in through people's ears. And just think about that. Think about the disparity of voice, not disparity, yeah, the, the, I should say the variance. The variance of media sources is actually a good thing because it means that there's not one singular message that any one group of people uh, control. Now, I'm a believer of the gospel, and I believe that the church should always be on message about our king, preaching the gospel of salvation, amen, the death, the burial, the resurrection. But I'll speak about this. Trump's lawyer speaking about the unprecedented attack. We have, you know, a robust debate on free speech. I just, that's just, it just sounds dumb. We have a robust debate. No one has a robust debate. What it is, is you mouth off, and this other person mouths off, and you throw out your opinions out there, and you make fun of each other. You, you say stuff that you probably regret, that you probably shouldn't have, and that's what you do. There's no robust debate. It's just, it's, it's always funny to me. It's like, do we have a robust and vigorous debate of free speech? No, you have free speech, and so people can know what's in your heart, and whenever you show them what's in your heart, they know, oh, that guy's a jerk. I probably shouldn't listen to them. It's not a robust free speech. <laughs> but it's the idea that he says, this is unprecedented times. Yeah, this is unconstitutional. It's unlawful. Like the weaponization of the DOJ, the orientation of our government against foundational rights and liberties that are enumerated in the Constitution, absolutely, it's unlawful. Why don't you use that language? Why don't attorneys 
use that language, unlawful, unconstitutional. This is against the trust indenture. It's against what these people agree to do. Of course, I would point you to and, and encourage you to go sign up for the Common Law Seminar, commonlawpeople.com. Get a free Common Law Seminar, Black's Law Dictionary, Maxims of Law, 12 hours of content, sequential outline what the common law is, available at commonlawpeople.com. I believe that the diffusion of knowledge about the fundamental principles of law in this nation is critical to the nation turning around. And I believe that Christians are going to be that tool to do it because one, that's how King Jesus works through his church. But two, if we're going to have a repentance, which just means new thinking, new mind, new way of thinking, we got to get back to the old ways, which is thinking about what the law is and what the constitution says. And we don't do that. We've got people on various shows like this one in a box. We've got people on various shows talking about this is unprecedented and this we have a robust debate of speech in America and it's like yeah we do but this is the, 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 there's there's no lawful argument here and doesn't it seem like we're just kind of hamsters in a wheel running around and around and around if the best argument we can have if the greatest champions are only saying this is unprecedented this is the weaponization of the DOJ what does that do to you from the perspective that you're one of the people because if these godless commies can do it to Trump they can do it to you but the subtext isn't that we should support Trump because we don't want it to happen to us the subtext the predicate for freedom for the law for the Constitution should be they don't have the grant of authority to do that to Trump and they don't have the grant of authority to do that to you so it's this it's this nuance between having the scarcity perspective which is we have to support Trump because they're coming after us, which is what Trump and his people and most people are trying to convince people of. I'm standing in their way. They're coming after you. I hate that framing of things. Because they've already gotten us. You're already in the beast system. You're already on the plantation. And if you're not reading what the Constitution says, if you don't know what the law says, if you're not studying in the word and you don't have God's word in you, then are you really following him? Because if you say you follow Jesus, but ain't never talking about the gospel, and you're not discussing scripture with other people, and you're not, more, impos more most importantly, letting the Bible tell you how to think, if you're not doing that on a daily, diligent, disciplined, deliberate basis, well, what does it say whenever someone says, well, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Methodist, or I believe in the prophetic, or I'm a cessationist? Like, you have these different camps, and it's like, what does the Bible say, bro? We have these politicians talking about government, talking about trespassing rights, but they, they, they've elevated themselves, at the ex I argue, at the expense of what the Constitution actually says. And so people are, they, they are anemic with their understanding of what the law is, and so people don't actually talk about their rights anymore. We elevate our champions. We elevate the champions and the gladiators and gladiators in the arena. And this is why I believe Trump is still rising. Because all of these other politicians suck. And they're either bought off or they're they're they don't have the charisma. You know, Trump broke the mold. Which is another thing. Like when Trump leaves, because I think he's gonna win. And then he's gonna he's gonna leave office. He, eventually he's going to die. Like you know, you know we all die, right? <laughs> eventually Trump dies, which means eventually he's not going to be president. Which eventually which eventually means he's not going to be running for president. Which means that there will be candidates post Trump 
that if Trump is the new Reagan and he's the standard that all conservatives point to, they're going to be using Trump as the barometer that everyone else is getting at. At which point we now have a consistent method of politics whereby we aren't looking at what the Constitution says, we're looking at who should be the next champion. And I just fundamentally, I, I, I hate that. I support Trump, but I hate the idea that Trump is the gladiator that's taking all the slings and all the arrows. He shouldn't be. It should be the people managing their government. I want to point to uh, Ron DeSantis, who I'll say this, did great things for Florida. I've been very clear on that. I had one lady, um, you know, in, in chat this last weekend say that, uh, you've changed your tune on DeSantis. You used to think that he was great. Now the now that he's threatening your idol, she's speaking about Trump. Perhaps uh, you need to investigate yourself or whatever. Basically, it's this. I I interpreted it as a holier than thou Trump derangement syndrome cloaking itself as Christendom. I'm a Christian, but because I don't like Trump and I like DeSantis, I'm going to position your Jaren's support of Trump as idolatry because I, this lady, really likes DeSantis. And by doing this, now I'm going to attack your character, Jaren, because what you're doing is you're elevating Trump as an idol. And it's like, no, I've been clear that DeSantis was great. I even called him future POTUS. I call them future POTUS. After Trump gets out of the way, go check the record. After Trump got out of the way, DeSantis was in line. Like he was in the best position to do it because he did great in Florida compared to all the other governors across the country. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that he should have ran against Trump. I think someone paid him to do it. I think the conversation went something like, hey, Ron, if you don't run for president against Trump right now in 2024, we won't back you in 2028. In other words, we got all this money and we hate Trump. So we need not Trump to get in office. And so we think you are the best not Trump candidate and you now have the guarantee of our money. But if you don't do it this time, we ain't supporting you in 2028. That's what I think happened. Of course, I have no proof of that. That's just speculation. But why else would DeSantis go from openly promoting Trump to now saying stuff like this. Lose the 2020 election. Whoever puts their hand on the Bible on January 20th every four years uh, is the winner. Okay, but respectfully, you did not clearly answer that question. And if you can't give a yes or no because on whether or not Trump lost, then how well, can of course, you... No, of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 because, election. Of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden's the president. Uh, he lost all credibility with me right there. All. How does a guy say that Trump lost whenever he was saying that... Or, yeah, saying Trump lost whenever he was saying that there was fraud in 2020? How does that happen? if not for political expediency. The only reason you say this is so that it would benefit you politically. The only reason. Like there's there's the record contrary, which means that his motivations have changed, which means that his incentives have changed. Somewhere running for governor the first time, DeSantis needed Trump, had, had, was reading bedtime stories about Trump, the Trumpy bear to his children. He went from that overture, all about Trump, make America great again, was reading to his little kids, 
to this. Explain that. Ex explicate. Explain that. How does that make sense? Unless there's incentives and motivations and money and opportunity and, and perspective behind that. And this is the part that I know that you understand, but this is why I believe that Trump is still rising, because we only look to our politicians to be our champions, and we're not looking to our Constitution. We're not looking to the law. I advocate for Christians to read their Bibles more than anything. And when you read your Bibles, you'll recognize, well, we shouldn't be making idols of people. And there's a lot of people, and I'm going to show here in a little bit, there's a lot of people looking to Trump as though he's an idol. And that's wrong. Like, that's wrong. And they'll, they, they will, like, they'll, they'll, they'll thread this needle and they'll say, well, God's using them. Well, God uses everybody. Like, God, God, can, God, God can harden and does harden the enemy's heart. And God can work through his church. So when you say God is using Trump, the subtext there is our nation is dependent on Trump doing something or being successful or getting his way in order for us to have prosperity, provision, safety, security, and otherwise freedom. Like that's the subtext. People don't say that, but that's what they mean when they say God's using President Trump. And technically, yeah, God is using President Trump, I believe. I absolutely believe that. But whenever you seem to mean that phrase to say that the future of America depends on Trump, I'm not part of that camp. I am not part of that camp. I'm not part of that camp because I'm not going to put God in a box and say that he can't work through his church in decentralized, autonomous ways, that ways that no one else would figure out that would completely overthrow the evils in this country. I'm not going to do that because I can see other opportunities for that. Now, there were, there, there are politicians failing. Like, this is Mitch McConnell all over the weekend getting booed in Kentucky. Watch this. People don't support these politicians anymore. There's a Q drop. We'll talk about that. There's a Q drop that says that they won't be able to walk down the streets. It's this idea that the idols are falling. There is an element of timber here. Because McConnell's been in, what, public office probably longer than I've been alive. Close to it. I'm, get, I'm getting old enough now that the career politicians, you know, are just a little bit uh, not as career as I am old. But it's this idea that this is the Senate, my, Senate leader for the Republicans in the U.S. Senate being openly booed in his home state. The people are ravenous against their public servants because their public servants, I argue, aren't doing their job. So now we continue to elevate these politicians. We continue to look to see who's going to give us um, answers. I, will, I do want to point out, um, what's this guy's name? He went on Al Sharpton's show and he corrected Sharpton. This guy's from uh, Georgia. Correct Sharpton that this is not a democracy, that it's a republic. Listen to this. Doug Collins is his name. People of the of the ninth district, and we're and again. I 
Oh, just a reminder, this isn't a democracy, it's a republic. And we're reflective of the oh, people that we represent. Oh, this is not a democracy. And it's a republic, Al. Look at the Constitution. We're reflecting uh -huh. the people of the, of the Ninth District. And we're and again, I just want to make one thing very clear. And I, and I enjoy having this conversation I, with you. I, I you enjoy having it too, because I really hope the people in the Ninth District know on the next election that they should not vote thinking this is a democracy. That well, Doug should, Collins says this, this is not a democracy. I'll even this, send you the clip. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that guy's a moron. <laughs> oh, so are you a saying this is not a democracy? No, dude, read the freaking constitution. <laughs> oh, was, oh, was you saying that it's not a democracy? <laughs> we are so stupid. <laughs> that guy is such a moron. <laughs> and he got so uppity. He's like, "What's up? Are you was saying that this is not a democracy? No, it's not. It's it's it, it is absolutely not." Article four, section four: The United States shall guarantee every state a republican form of government, not a democracy. And this is that like what happens when you go against the 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 programmed tropes that control people. And this and this is the reason why Al Sharpton gets like that. Is it if you can believe this Democrat plantation, the public school plantation, the urban areas, the place where the minorities are, if you can look at this, it's like that's the modern day plantation, right? So they're out there doing the hymnals, doing the whatever, it's like wait in the water. And it's like attention, attention. You as in a democracy. That is all. Continue. Go back to work. Keep on your welfare. Keep your welfare queens, your baby mamas. Your crack hose. Keep doing your stupid stuff, but this is a democracy. And when someone comes around and says that this ain't a democracy, it's a republic. What's it? What's it? You said that this is not a democracy? <laughs> it's like, yeah, bro. It's like basic stuff. This is how far stupid we've, be we've become. This is how basic. This is the basic programming of this nation. The basic programming of the nation is your politicians are your idols. America is a democracy. Like, these are the ideas. These are the ideas that are obviously not true, need to be destroyed. And in the process, British, of being destroyed, they, they, they need to be bluntly engaged with the truth. Conspiracy theories are like this, too. This happened over the weekend. This is the QAnon shaman talking about conspiracy theories. Watch this. I mean, do you still believe a secret cabal controls global governments? Do you still believe Hollywood and the liberal Democrat elite crave the blood of children in a bid to sustain their youth and run a vast paedophile ring devoted to abduction and sexual abuse of children? Uh, do you uh, believe those yeah, things? You mean like what Jeffrey Epstein was doing? <laughs> Yeah, it's this idea that there is truth that's being bubbled up to the top. A lot of these conspiracy theories, I believe, are true. How do you prove it? That's another thing. But Epstein didn't kill himself, but yet he, but yet he's dead. The world is a really weird place. And things are really hard to figure out and understand. This is why I try to keep pointing back to the scriptures. This is why I try to learn things in ways that say, show me where this is written. Because there are emotions, there are all sorts of stuff, there's all sorts of people that believe and say all, all sorts of things. But that's, that's the role of truth.
Now, I want to point something. This is where I'm going to probably step on some toes, and that's fine. I'm good with that. I saw this picture this weekend, and I absolutely hate it. This guy says, try that in a small town, you filthy liberals. I don't know if this is true or not, but he says, Jesus and Donald J. Trump are two of the greatest men that have ever walked since the beginning of humanity. And, of course, Jesus was the greatest, and that's why Jesus fully supports the second greatest man to have ever walked the earth, because Trump has chosen one to save humanity from Satan. Together, they'll be bring peace. And it's, it's supposed to show uh, the artist's rendering of Jesus following uh, Trump. Uh, I don't know if this is a shill account, a government account, or whatever, or if the dude's like legitimate and credible and he believes it. But as someone who follows Jesus, there can't be any of this going on. You can't compare anybody with Jesus. Don't even say uh, there's Jesus is the greatest and Donald Trump's the number two. I'm completely against that. Completely against that. Deny it. Reject it. It's blasphemous. Don't even compare. Psalm 14 says there is no one righteous. Romans 10 says, or Romans 3 says, no one is good, no, not one. This is where, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. There is no, there is no ambiguity. Christ is king. The gospel is true. The only way to go to heaven is through the blood of the lamb to, uh, to be, uh, to wash away your sins, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And it is that specificity that I want people to start having in this time of murkiness, tumult, chaos, and otherwise confusion. I'm going to support President Trump for president. I think he's the best qualified. I think he's done a great job. I think the godless commies hate his guts. And it's amazing to see how many people are throwing what powers against him. The bad indictments, the lies, the Russia, 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 all these other types of things. Simultaneously, I'm not going to put Trump on a pedestal to where I don't keep reading the Bible or I don't look at the Constitution and I don't speak smartly about what the law is. I think that this is the call that Christians in the country have to have. We have to be plain about what things are. Yeah, I support Trump. If you don't support Trump, that's fine. If you don't like him and you don't like his personality and you're not going to support him for whatever reason, that's your freedom. But you should believe Jesus. You should read the Bible. You should preach the gospel. You should do those things because that's what's most important. We can't lose track of the eternal by getting bogged down and focused here right now. At the same time, when we work in the real world and we live in the real world, we should be bringing those ideas to bear in truth and love with all people at all times. Our politicians are not champions. They are not the gladiators in the arena. They are not the people that we are supposed to be looking for as the ones that are going to solve our problems. This is why I get involved with the common law. This is why I learn what the Constitution says. This is why I look at those basics. And I believe that this is one of the challenges that people in our nation today, that Christians in our nation today have, is that we've got the competing programming, the paradigm that many people have been raised with. Many people have been trained to think Republican, Democrat, right, left, liberal, progressive, conservative, whatever. This would be the Rush Limbaugh paradigm. And I love Rush. I'm a Rush baby. I, I, I love Rush Limbaugh. I was raised on him. That paradigm is old. It's old because it posits the right versus the left. And that's not the right frame. The right frame is Christ or not Christ. 
And so as we look at that, as the world is deteriorating, as things are destabilizing, as things are more confusing, you have to have that right posture. You're either with Christ or you're not with Christ. That's the frame. Use that frame to analyze all of this stuff. All of it. And until we do that, I don't think you're going to get any real change. Because people at that point would still be falling for false paradigms. They'd still be follow, falling for bad programming. That's what I endeavor to do. Lord willing, we succeed. Amen. There's a meme that I saw. It's this. It says, We cannot force someone to hear a message they are not ready to receive, but we must never underestimate the power of planting a seed. One thing that I think is important is talking about the truth. And in that case, it's talking about different ways to think about things. Here, I want to encourage and invite you to come and register at nowgotowar.com for a Zoom call that I'm hosting this Thursday. It's, what's it, it's, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. That's seven, That's my time, Central Time. And this is going to be answering the questions on how you can do shopping in a different way that is sharpening a skill set whereby you think about the things you're doing. It's less impulse. It's more planning. It supports American manufacturing and it changes the way that you participate using your dollars in a way that actually has a real world impact. Not only for you and price competitive American manufacturing as opposed to godless commie globalist corporations, but it also answers ideas or excuse me, answers questions that people have. There's a lot of people that are going through changes and because they're going through changes, when they hear new things, they bristle and they hesitate and they say, I don't want to do this. I don't know about it. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be answering the question. And this is speaking specifically to the Patriot Switch process. The One of the ways to support what I do here is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take your shopping that you're already doing Switch it over to American Manufacturing. And if you have questions, go to nowgotowar.com. Nowgotowar.com. And we'll host a Zoom call on Thursday. We'll be answering questions. We'll be laying out a lot of information because there's a lot of people that don't like the way that things are presented. There's a lot of people that say certain things. Let's just get rid of the ambiguity. Let's get some clarity. Let's sit down and talk like grown-ups. I think that there's a way to sharpen the skill set of taking the money that you already spend and using it for a good uh, that, that changes the way that, that you do things for the better. I think that's great. Amen. Sign up. Let's go. Racism sucks. It's evil. It's a Darwinian presupposition. It's godless. Joy Reid, a couple days ago, was celebrating the fact that there's demographic change and that Trump is being indicted, and he's got a judge that is a woman of color. Watch this. This is godless. I believe this magistrate judge is Mokshila Opadiaya, or Opadiai, I might be pronouncing it wrong, a woman of color. Um, the judge he will be facing in the trial, Jamaican-born woman of color. Um, he seems to be facing sort of demographic reality, um, legal reality, and, you know, situational reality. He is. So on one hand, you've got the racist MSNBC host who needs to know Jesus, Joy Reid, is celebrating the fact that Trump is facing demographic legal reality. 
as though the law cares about the color of your skin. See, this is one of the evils of our society that I simultaneously see, recognize, hate, but I don't want to foment and give into. Because if you take the racist bait, there is no escape. There is zero escape. Once you accept the premise, you lose the debate. Which is frustrating because a lot of these people who hate Christ have been inculcated, they've been trained, they've been programmed to hate white people. Which is horrible. Just It's sinful on face because you're made in the image of God. But it's horrible because if you have a growing number of people who are vociferously and vocalizing their hatred of white people, then what are people who are, have white skin supposed to do in response? And this is the power of Satan's ploys. The power is you're going to attack people based on a frame that God doesn't intend. That of being his creativity is now weaponized against itself. God made black people. God made white people. God made all these people. They're all made in God's image. All made in God's image. But yet when you reduce them down to what Charles Darwin said come from monkeys the now you forcing the debate to be according to this. And so this woman, Joy Reid, who needs to know Jesus, is sitting here saying Trump is going to be indicted by a woman, a Jamaican-born woman of color. <laughs> As though she's going to go into the court, man, and then rule according to her people instead of the letter of the law. That's more Indian than it was Jamaican. But you get my point. This is evil. It's thoroughly evil. And it's not just Joy Reid. There's more racists. This is one racist, I don't even know his name, he needs Jesus too. He's laughing about the fact that last week, whenever I pointed out that um, people were saying, kill the white farmer, that white farmers have died. Look at the smirk on this godless man's face. Whenever he's smirking about the fact that white farmers in South Africa are being killed. Watch this. Uh yeah, let me let me play that again because that was a little bit slow. Hold on. He's doing this with regards to South African white farmers. I think two of them, perhaps, might have been killed in some instance. Uh yeah, just kind of flippant with his hand, just waving it away, dismissing it. This dude right here uh, had more racist stuff to say on another. Watch this, and we'll give some commentary after. Anxieties about demographic shifts, that the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on, on Cheerios commercials, that the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And people were screaming from the top of their lungs, yo, this is not just simply economic populism. You know, America's not unique in its sins as a country. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where we, where we may be singular is our a refusal to acknowledge them. Mm. Yeah, I can't listen to that crap anymore. Um, these godless commies hate Jesus and they think according to their skin color. And they are purposefully provoking a race war and celebrating the fact that there are a by proportion less amount of white people and by proportion a greater amount of non-white people. Of course, the subtext is that white people think like white people and non-white people think like non-white people. If you're an American, why would you not want the Constitution? Why would you not want the Constitutional Republic? Why would you not want the ideas that made this country great and prosperous? 
And this is where whenever you see things through a Darwinian eye, through the fact that you think that you come from monkeys, if you deny Jesus and you're granting these Marxist, these socialist presupposition, then you need the gospel, one. Two, you need to never be around anything with power. But three, because you hate Jesus, you reject the gospel, and you shouldn't be around power. You will always try to be around power. And then you'll bring in your epistemologies, which are predicated on the fact that you don't have my skin color, therefore I hate you. Which, of course, is stupid, absurd, and dumb. Which kind of reflects other countries that don't look like America, huh? And this is the, this is, this is the, this is the frustration that I have, is that if you just keep poking the race issue, there's eventually going to be an element of scarcity in the people that you're you know, advancing against. And what do you think they're going to do? What do you think a bunch of white people are going to do if they keep hearing all these non-white people say, oh, the, uh, we're celebrating the fact that these white people are losing power. What do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're eventually going to do? And of course, I believe that that is on purpose. I believe that's on purpose to get the government to then backlash against the white people that would otherwise be defending themselves and doing the same thing that other non-white people are doing. It's just the fact that they're non-white. And this is why I hate the whole idea. I hate the whole idea. I think it's being done on purpose. I think it's being done deliberately, which is brilliant in its design. It is incredibly shrewd in its execution. But that's also why I believe by pointing out what the written constitution says and by preaching the gospel, you destroy all that. Because if Joy, if Godless Kami Joy Reid wants to talk about demographic change, the, the Jamaican woman of color is, is, indict, is the judge over Trump's indictment, then I would say, well, that judge is sworn to the Constitution and the Constitution guarantees Trump, secures Trump's right to free speech. So if you're indicting Trump over what he said based on the false information of the January 6th things, he's got that right to say it. So let him go based on what the law says, not based on the fact that it's a Jamaican woman of color. And this is where whenever you give up your thinking to things that aren't true, like Joy Reid and that guy that needs Jesus, the racist guy, when you do that, you're creating a situation where truth is going to destroy what you say, which is why you should speak the truth. Which, I don't know if I should make that, I, I don't know if I should point out that that was, it's, is what, you know, this country was all about. And so the people celebrating the fact that the country doesn't look the same, doesn't think the same, would be the people that would celebrate the idea that it's no longer about truth. But that's just me. All right, I want to talk <laughs> this right here. Uh, this is so uh, we're gonna we're gonna use some humor as a as a device as a mechanism to point out the perversion that people are doing against kids. Uh, so if you've got kids in the room or whatever, you know, go away. But this is if you went to apply for a job and you had to choose your gender. <laughs> Watch this. This is fun. The journey is usually the part that you remember anyways. Yeah, it's uh it's funny whenever <laughs> So for those people listening on the podcast, thank you by the way. They go to choose a gender and it's a drop down box. And when they hit it, that's when the, the beat drops and there's like fifty different options, including attack helicopter. Um, we we just live in a godless 
Godless society that's evil. Um, I saw this right here. This is a genderbred cartoon. This is using a genderbred person to talk about identity and sexuality and all these other things. And this just speaks to the perversion of our kids. And this is being made available in public libraries, public schools. Uh, there is, I, I, will, I will find the, uh, the link tomorrow. I'll find it today and I'll post it tomorrow. Uh, no, I'll, po I'll post it later today. But there is notice that you can do against these public school entities. There is a common law remedy. The common law remedy, and let me just, let me just show you this. So if we go to our maxims of law, and I did this uh, last night, if we go to our maxims of law, there are maxims that say that Christianity is part of the common law. And so because you have a common law country, Christianity is part of the common law. Watch this. This is my maxims. We go to maxim 49i. The Christian religion is part of the common law, right? That which is against divine law is repugnant to society and is void. So you've got all these public schools that are trespassing and going against the common law because there's maxims of law that point out that Christianity is part of the common law. So if public schools in a constitutional republic moving according to the common law are perverting or sexualizing kids with genderbred persons or furries or pronouns or whatever, they're going against the common law. And every judge agrees with it. It's without proof. It's it's universally applied and agreed to because it's according to the common law. There is a good argument for people to understand the basics, which is why I would encourage you to understand the basics. This is why we talk about common law. This is why we get back to what's written because these perverts, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep going. So let's keep going. I believe that this is Jim Hoff or Joe Hoff, but he's talking about the TCF Center in Detroit outlining um, some details about the fraudulent election in 2020. Commentary follows. Said that uh, this never happened. Patty actually called me on November 4th. She was inside the TCF and she said, Jim, you won't believe it. I, I just heard that a van dropped off boxes of ballots uh, in the middle of the night and uh she was working inside the tcf that morning so we put in a request to get this video it took months and uh we got this at gateway pundit we put this up on uh twit you know on our site we tweeted about it and that's when we uh, lost our twitter account by the way um by putting up this video um there's a lead car uh an escort car that comes in you can see here um each time he adds something to the people inside and then the, this uh this van drives in, uh, and they actually came in twice. Now, we had local media, one of the top reporters there. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, he said that this never happened. Uh, he was there all night. There was no fraud. Nothing happened. So now we have the video of that. Yeah, and this is where I want to draw a distinction between... I, I think that there was fraud in the election, but if we're making an argument in the law, and this is why Operation Josiah exists, get rid of machines and elections, that's commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah, commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah. We're not going after fraud, even though I think that there was fraud. But in the law, according to our republic, we can change elections. We can change the law by right because that's what the Constitution secures for us. The Constitution secures that the people have all political power and they can change their government whenever they feel that's good for the public good and it's not against the Constitution. 
Well, if you have elections that have third party or foreign entities performing duties, which duties are human actions done by people sworn to the trust, sworn actors, officials, whatever, if third party entities, Dominion Voting, whatever, is counting ballots, if they're running whatever, then they're foreign parties, foreign entities to the Constitution. So you're going to have a foreign entity, foreign power, participate in the people's events? That's, that's, <laughs> that's denying people the form of government that they're guaranteed. Which is a much lower bar, because it's really anybody that's assessing it. Anyone in the public who's looking at this thing going, this is wrong, can say, this is wrong. And by right, can say, change it, because you're depriving me my form of government. This is according to the common law. And, you know, I, I will say that this is not the common way of thinking, but the common way of thinking doesn't actually understand your rights. It doesn't understand what the trust indenture, what the Constitution says, and it doesn't know how to make arguments in the law. The average person would look to a politician. The politician is going to look to an attorney, and the attorney is going to look at the statutes and say, well, the statute says we can't do this, or we have to wait for a judge. We have to let a judge say something. Does that feel like a free nation to you? Does that feel like your freedom, like your country is is actually honored? Does it does that feel as though your rights are being protected and guaranteed if you can't express things or if your nation is going to continue to die until someone with a black robe and a hammer, wooden hammer bangs it on the desk and says, "Okay, there you go." Why do I have to wait for that? And this is where I think that people's notion of freedom is so wrong. Our paradigm is obsolete. So go to commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah because arguing fraud might be technically correct, but there's some, I believe there's something so much more powerful, which is maladministration. We're arguing bad administration in our elections because we're being deprived a form of government that we're otherwise guaranteed. I don't need to prove fraud. I can just say, you guys are doing a horrible job. And by doing a horrible job, I can change the way that you're doing it. Because the entire system is designed to benefit me. And if you're doing a bad job and you're stealing my elections and everything's fraudulent, then you ain't benefiting me anymore, are you? Okay. That's the argument we're making in Josiah, Operation Josiah, which is available at commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah, commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah. One last video. Look at this. This is just dumb. Watch this. That's the coolest thing ever. So a lady's at Whole Foods, if you couldn't hear, and she paid with it using her hand. So she's got some type of chip in her hand and she's paying for her groceries. The obvious overtones, undertones, whatever, here is the mark of the beast. People will automatically go to Revelation 13. If uh, I shouldn't say people automatically will. Many Christians in America will go to Revelation 13 and say, look at that, that's the mark of the beast. Because the mark of the beast, will, there will be a mark on their forehead or in their right hand. And they will, be able, they will neither be able to buy nor sell. This is where I want to be very specific. I am of the mind 
that because Christ is king and he gave the command whenever he rose from the grave at the Great Commission for his church to go to all the nation and teach the nations to obey, I am of the mind that Christ gets his way. I believe in an optimistic gospel. So I don't believe that Jesus gives a command and that command isn't obeyed or isn't done because that would mean that Christ doesn't get his way. At the same time, whenever I look at Revelation and I see the mark of the beast, I recognize that the beast isn't necessarily the Antichrist because the Antichrist, that word, isn't used in Revelation. It's not. It's nowhere in Revelation. The beast, I believe, is a government, and I believe that governments will always try to regulate commerce. They will always try to regulate every single aspect of your life. Why? Because that's the nature of evil. Since the very beginning in the garden, Satan has said, Did God really say? Which is a way of doubting God's word. And then he goes on to say, Did God say that you can't eat of all this fruit in the garden? Which is Satan's prescription of law is very diminutive. It's very specific. It's, it's incredibly complex. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do this. Can't go here. Can't go there. To the contrary... When God gave his first command, it was be fruitful and multiply, participate, and you know, be part of creation and, and benefit, make things, do stuff. So God's law is not burdensome. Satan's law is going to be incredibly stringent, very specific, incredibly burdensome. So those two different paradigms are generally what's in play. And so whenever you look at nations throughout time, they've always been oppressive of people because people will be sinners and try to take dominion over other image bearers of God in trespass of Genesis chapter 1. And so because men have always tried to do that, there is always, in my view, there's always beasts in the government that are trying to oppress you and trying to get you to fear them more than God, trying to get you to worship them instead of God. And this worship doesn't have to be a feel-good worship. This worship could be, I'm afraid of them, and I'm going to make my decisions based on my fear of them. I'm going to evade them because I'm more afraid of them doing something to me than I am of worshiping this God in, of Scripture. And if that's the case, you may say that you worship God, but if you're more afraid of your government such that your worship of God, which puts you in conflict with your government, which one do you worship? At the same time, that's just dumb. Why would you put a chip in your hand so you can buy food? This is where people need to live local. This is where they need to shorten their supply chain. This is where people need to keep their head on a swivel. We got that now go to war opportunity, but the most important thing here is the gospel. The people need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That's the way to, for salvation. That is the only way to heaven is through the blood of the lamb. It's the fact that you trust that Jesus physically rose from the grave. And when he did that, it validates everything that he said. It validates everything about him. Not that it wasn't true when he said it, but if he says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to pick it back up after I die. And then he does it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will worship that man. I will absolutely do whatever he says um, because he is God. And that is Jesus. Jesus says that you must believe in him. You must be born again. You must understand that the gospel is the way to salvation. If people can't be specific about that, if they can't be certain of that, then what salvation message is there? There will be schemes of government and high powers 
to oppress you, to get you fearful of them. You guys can't buy stuff unless you put this chip in your head, or chip in your head, or this uh, chip in your hand. And then there will be people that are so focused on revelation that they forget the fact that Jesus gave, gave the Great Commission. And they'll wait revelation more than they'll wait the king who gave the command. The command was to teach all the nations to obey. Well, I, I can't accomplish that by myself. I can only do that if he gives me the grace and he you know blesses me to do that. But focusing on the bad and elevating the bad above the good also, in my view, doesn't seem like a beneficial thing to do. And so we can talk about what we think the certain things mean, but in my view, the king gave a command which is very specific, and that is, I got all power in heaven and on earth, go teach the nations to obey, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all to obey the commands that I gave you. I think that's the mission. And because that's the mission, that's why we need to be specific about the gospel. Is that you are a sinner, Jesus paid your fine, he physically rose from the grave. And if you trust in him for that, you trust that that happened, his blood washes away your sin. And when that happens, there is no separation between you and God. That now you are in Christ. And when you are in Christ, you have that everlasting life. You have that relationship. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And now you are walking with him. And now you get to be the soldier for him. You get to be his tool. You get to be the instrument to bring that gospel message for other people. And I think it's an amazing thing. It's the coolest thing in the world to tell someone about Jesus. When Jesus is your king, when Christ is your king, it's the greatest honor to be able to tell someone about him. To be able to live as though you're mimicking and imitating Christ so that other people can notice to God's glory. Amen. Believe the gospel. One of the ways you can support me and help me is you can go to the uh, humblewb.coffee, get some air roasted coffee. If you want to be a one-time or recurring love gift member, just someone who supports financially because all the other stuff doesn't work out, those links are in the description uh, below too. There's opportunities to support the work that I do. I would encourage you to do that. One is that delicious air roasted coffee that you see on the screen right there at humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. If you don't want to do the Patriot Switch stuff, okay, amen, God bless. I would encourage you to do that because that switches your shopping from globalist, godless commies to American manufacturing, and it's a good way to support my work. But if you don't want to do that, but you do want to support my work, there's links in the description below. It's called the Recurring One-Time Love Gift LiveLocal.Store slash product subscriber. That's there too. You can get your common law seminar stuff. You get your local elections, Operation Josiah, get rid of the machines, get lawful elections. You can have the training trustee video to, to demonstrate the frame of government, who the people in government are, how they're supposed to respond to you. It gives a basic predicate, a basic concept for our government. I appreciate your time, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you very much for your prayers and support. Appreciate everything that you do. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.